Welcome to Good Life. I'm Dean Wilson. I'm so glad you're with us uh, wherever you are. We see so many of you joining us from all around the world at goodlifetelevision.org. Uh, we're excited about that. And there's some wonderful interviews there. All the long form interviews are there. There's some power clips of kind of the, the, the gold moments from those interviews are there. And, uh, and what you'll see about Good life is there's people from all walks of life, uh, you know, entrepreneurs and people in the business community. There's public servants. There's young people. There's people just with great stories. There's overcomers. It's it's just been a wonderful journey to to talk with these folks. It's it's incredible, and so we're so grateful that you're joining us at GoodLifeTelevision.org. Uh, many of you join us also here locally on the on TV, uh, TV Santa Barbara, and. For those of you that don't know, there is a podcast, and that's kind of taken off over the last few months. It's called Good Life Conversations. So if you want to work out or you're driving or something, you just want to listen to it, uh, you can join us at Good Life Conversations podcast. You can also follow us on all the social media platforms. You know, Good Life is here to to uh, uplift. It's here to encourage. It's here to inspire and empower. And, and I, I can't think of really a, a more... Uh, having more kinship with with a, with a, another organization is the guest that I have here today. Uh, Amy Newmark is with me. Amy, welcome. Well, thanks for having me on your show. So Amy is the editor-in-chief and publisher of, uh, of Chicken Soup for the Soul, which everybody knows that name. And then when I was, uh, I think I was about at high school age when when uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul became a thing, and man, it it took off and was a huge, uh, had a huge impact. Um, since 2008, Amy has published 182 books, uh, most of the national bestsellers in the U.S. and in Canada. Amy graduated magna cum laude from Harvard University. She had a three-decade career as a Wall Street analyst. She's a certified or a chartered financial analyst. Um, She's been a hedge fund manager and a corporate executive, and so she's got quite a background, and now she's pouring herself into uh, this wonderful work at Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're going to talk in a minute about the latest book, which I have here and will show on your screen. It's Your 10 Keys to Happiness, 101 Real Life Stories that will show you how to improve your life. But Amy, first of all, just let's just talk about you and kind of how you got here uh, from a Wall Street background and, and uh, as a charter financial analyst, how, how did this all happen for you? <laughs> I know it's been quite a progression, although it's, it's always seemed kind of logical, although it was a big jump to chicken soup for the soul. So in 2007, a friend of mine was dating a guy who knew Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and knew that they wanted to sell chicken soup for the soul. So we were looking for a new venture. So we looked at Chicken Soup for the Soul. I read 100 of the old books for my due diligence and my husband did all the legal and financial due diligence. And along with a third person, we did an LBO in 2008 and bought Chicken Soup for the Soul from Jack and Mark. Terrible timing. Uh, was actually, you know, when we were going through that awful recession that was almost a depression, but we, made it through and uh, we've been growing very quickly for the last, I would say 10 years. Uh, we have a big entertainment business now. I don't know if you're aware of that. Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment 
which is a major provider of televisions, television programming and, and films through our Crackle. Uh, yeah. At, you know, we, we own Crackle now, which used to be part of Sony. And we have a bunch of other streaming channels. And we announced that we are going to be acquiring Redbox also. So we've gotten very big in the entertainment field. My little business within the Chicken Soup for the Soul Empire is the book business. And it is kind of strange that a former Wall Street person, hedge fund investor, short seller, et cetera, has become an editor-in-chief and publisher of, of a self-help series. But when I read those 100 old Chicken Soup for the Soul books in 2007, I suddenly realized that I could see a new career for myself because I had so many ideas for books that we could put together and so many ideas for how I could revitalize and modernize the brand. So I've been doing it now for 14 years and it's, it's very fulfilling and it's become a real passion project for me. Oh, that's amazing. And what is it, you know, I always think about it and we, we, this is part of what we do here at Good Life, but I always think about kind of the power of story. Uh, you know, if you hear, and, and I know I'm not alone in this, in this, uh, in, in this regard, you know, if you hear a talk or a presentation or a sermon, it's like you can hear, you know, 45 minutes of something, but what you'll remember is the one story, <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's amazing what stories do, but talk about that. And then the kind of the power of story in your guys' work. Yeah, it's all about storytelling. That's how mankind has always best conveyed wisdom and culture and advice and the best tips. So that's what we do. I mean, we don't really believe in dry essays with bullet points or you know, homework or anything like that, which you do find in the self-help space. We really think that people learn best when they're reading entertaining stories that they can relate to. And that's what they remember. And that's how we provide them with role models to follow and advice to follow. And this new book is a great example of that because being a former analyst, I'm a very analytical person, I've approached this business in a very practical way. And so I view our books as very practical ways for people to improve their lives. And this is a particularly practical, usable book because what I did was I analyzed what I've learned from 14 years of reading tens of thousands of Chicken Soup for the Soul stories. And I realized what everybody wants is to be happy. And I came up with the 10 most important keys to happiness that I synthesized from reading those tens of thousands of very personal revealing stories that thousands of people shared with us. And then what I did was I put them together in this book and I chose 10 stories from our library that best illustrate each of the 10 keys to happiness and one story of my own. So you have 101 stories now that really illustrate the point that we're trying to make. And then I just wrote a short essay at the beginning of each chapter so that I could give our readers a guided tour of the 10 keys to happiness. But what really matters is reading those very relatable stories because you read them and you say, oh, I could do what that person did or, oh, wow, that person overcame that challenge. Oh, I can overcome my challenge then. I mean, I find it very helpful. In fact, 
it's helped me a lot in my personal life. I, I've been dealing with cancer for several years now and uh, the hospital sent me to see a psychiatrist, kind of like a normal thing to do as you're going through the fear of cancer. And when I met with her, she asked me, so what are you grateful for? And I went on for 20 minutes about that. And she asked me all these questions about forgiveness and gratitude and all these you know, essentials to happiness. And after 50 minutes, she said, well, I have nothing for you. You're, you're fully baked. <laughs> you're in great shape. I don't ever need to see you again. And it's all because of reading these chicken soup and soul stories. So that's what I've tried to pass on to our readers now in this new collection. That's so great. And they're not long stories, by the way, I was, I picked it up yesterday and today and you know, the, you actually can, you can get through the stories that it doesn't take a ton of time to read this, the individual stories, which I think is great. Um, so let's just real quick. I want to just kind of read the 10, the 10 chapters categories, uh, just so the, the readers can have a sense. And, and then I want to get into a couple of them in, in particular, but count your blessings. Uh, which is about the power of gratitude, free yourself with forgiveness, help someone else is number three, have less stuff, think positive, make me time, step outside your comfort zone, be yourself, pursue your passion, and get outside in nature. Uh, I think those are great, uh, but but let's focus on the, the first couple, if you, if we could. Maybe uh, talk a little bit more. You, you just did, but talk a little bit, kind of in particular, about the power of gratitude and 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 how kind of that alters your perspective. Yeah, there have been scientific studies that have proven that people are mentally and physically healthier if they know how to use the power of gratitude, and about half of us are naturally that way. We're always looking at the bright side. We're always thankful for, for what we have in our lives. But about half of us don't have it built into us. And what's really cool about gratitude is that it's one personality trait that you can actually add on to yourself through really simple practice. So a lot of people find if they just write down three good things a day that made them happy during that day, that it completely changes their, their perspective. In a, in a week or two, they have become naturally more grateful people. I started the book with a story by Jennifer Quasha who wrote down just one thing each day that made her happy. And she found herself completely changed. She had always been on the verge of you know, diagnosable depression. She just thought that was how life was supposed to be. And she started doing this and she found that she went through her days looking for that good thing she was gonna write down each night. And she turned herself from a pessimist into an optimist and now she's a life coach. I mean, she really transformed her life through gratitude. And we have so many people who report to us that they did that. So you don't have to, you don't have to come out that way. You can just turn yourself into that, that grateful person. And it really does change how you interact with the people in your life and with the events in your life. So. We have 10 stories that will help you come up with your own gratitude practice. And I think if you're not counting your blessings and you're just focusing on what you lack instead of what you have, you're never going to be truly happy. Oh, isn't that true? If you're just joining us, the book is Your 10 Keys to Happiness, Chicken Soup for the Soul, 101 Real Life Stories that will show you how to improve your life. Amy Newmark is my guest. So let's move on to number two, forgiveness which um, 
What a wonderful topic. Yeah. Talk so about the, that. Yeah. Forgiveness is something that I always have people saying, oh yeah, I struggle with that. Forgiveness is something we all need to work on. And it is so powerful in terms of liberating ourselves from this emotional weight that we carry around from our past. So I like to think of a lack of forgiveness as if you're wearing a cloak and you have sewn onto this, this piece of cloth that you're wearing over your shoulders. You've sewn onto it every resentment and disappointment and hurt that has happened to you. And you're dragging this cloak around and it's weighing you down. What if you left all those resentments in the past, which is when they happened and where they belong, and you shrugged off that cloak and you walked forward free and light. And I began the chapter on forgiveness with a story by Lynn Sunday that I felt was such an eye-opener. Lynn was kind of obsessed with her ex-husband. And for years after her divorce, she was telling people how he wronged her. She was even telling perfect strangers. And then her best friend said to her, Lynn, you might as well be married to the man. You take him with you wherever you go. Well, that's what we do when we carry around these old resentments. We take them with us wherever we go. And it's kind of crazy to do that. And, you know, I used to think that the word forgiveness meant that you were telling the person who wronged you, oh, don't worry about it, that was okay. But that's not what it means. What forgiveness means is that you have decided not to relive the negative emotions associated with that incident or the way in which you were wronged. So you're not condoning it. You're just saying, I'm going to intellectually know that it happened, but I'm not going to keep replaying it in my mind. I'm going to get it out of my mind because why would you want to let that person into your head anyway, right? So right. that's what forgiveness is. And, and that's another one where I think you can't truly be happy unless you actually are using the power of forgiveness. Yeah. And, and I, I heard a speaker the other day talking about, you know, that some people confuse it also with reconciliation that, you know, reconciliation may or may not be possible. You know, you can't reconcile, for example, with a person who died, <laughs> you know, exactly. if there's an issue. So reconciliation is like a second thing, like that may or may not happen. The forgiveness, though, is, is an inside job, right? Yeah, you don't have to reconcile. And a lot of people actually do use the power of forgiveness with people who have already passed on. And it's it's just as effective because you're doing it for yourself. And I mean, when Lynn decided to walk forward free and light because she decided to get her ex-husband out of her head, it's not like he even knew that was going on. You know, right. it's something that you do for yourself in your own head. And it literally takes one second. And that's what I love about the tips we pass on in this book. So many of them can be accomplished in a second, in a minute, in a day. I mean, you can really make a big change in your life if you just implement one or two of the pieces of advice that are contained in this volume. You don't have to do all 10 keys to happiness. Just focus on one and you'll see a difference. Right, yeah, I, I read that. You said uh, even, even putting one into practice could be life-changing. Absolutely. Yeah I, yeah, I heard, a, uh, you probably heard it, but I've heard a definition of resentment is, you know, drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, uh, you know, on the flip side of what 
resentment can do to us. You mentioned physically. I mean, I think that's something that sometimes people don't connect that, you know, that our bodies can pay the price for these internal resentments oh, or issues yeah. that are going on. Stress causes inflammation. Inflammation causes disease. Uh, yeah. I mean, anything that makes you stressed is going to hurt you physically. So, I mean, I think about the wrongs that you know I feel have been perpetrated against me in my life. And I look back on some of them now almost with amusement. You know, like I, I, I intellectually know they happened, but I don't let them bug me anymore. I really look at them and say, oh boy, that person was messed up. Because usually whatever was done to you was really a function of the problems that other person had. If you look at it that way, you realize, wow, it wasn't even really about me. I shouldn't even take it personally. This was just this person finding an outlet for his or her own problems. Right. Yeah, so true. So on page 80, I was just I was just reading this one particular uh, story called Always Be a Friend. And I thought, oh, oh, yes. what, a, what a great, you know, I was talking about, you know, uh, you know, taking steps, taking action, doing the thing, don't, don't pass it up. Always write the note, always make the phone call, always extend a kind word, always offering up a listening ear, always be a friend. Talk yes. a little bit about that, about that section. So that story has absolutely influenced me because I remember a couple of weeks ago, there was something where I had one of those fleeting thoughts, oh, I should write a thank you note to that person. And then I remembered that story and I thought, yeah, every time I have one of those thoughts, I should act on it. And I, I just wrote a quickie email to this person and got a lovely answer from her. And she was so thrilled to have heard from me. But that story is great because it, it reminds you that when you have that wonderful human impulse to reach out and help someone in some way, you should go with it. You shouldn't sit back and overanalyze it and then think, oh, well, will they want to hear from me? Do they actually want my help? That's how we make a lot of mistakes in life, by second guessing that gut instinct we have to reach out and connect with someone or help someone. We should just go with that gut feeling. And so I think that story is a very powerful reminder of that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things about your books that I think is so great is that it, it they're really tools to help people dwell on good stuff. You know, I, I was thinking about that this morning, just, you know, and again, this is where good life has a lot in common with what y'all are, are doing, but what we dwell on is really important and we really have choices. You know, if, if we are gonna, you know, just, scroll through our phone, you know, feeds, then we're going to be dwelling on the things that we see, which oftentimes, of course, today in the, in the news and in the, in the world, it's not exactly uplifting, you know, and so I can do that, you know, and, and, and dwell on certain things or, or I can, you know, just dwelling or thinking about the good stuff. It, it really is a big it makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does. And we we know a lot of our readers will put a chicken soup for the soul book, 
you know, on their nightstand and they'll read one or two stories every night before they go to bed. And they say that it just helps them kind of cleanse, cleanse their psyches of whatever day they had. And it puts them in a positive frame of mind to go to sleep. So yeah, it, it really helps people a lot to read these stories because they're always positive. They're not uplifting in some sickly sweet way. I mean, I can't stand it when I get, I hear that's the reputation that chicken soup for the soul has because I am not a sickly sweet person at all. I'm a very practical business-like person. And I know that these stories really work and they do absolutely change people's attitudes and they do send you to sleep with, with hope. A lot of people say to us, the greatest thing they get from our books is hope. And if you think about it, hope is the root of optimism. It's the root of basically everything we do, because everything we do is with the hope that it's going to have a, you know, have an effect that we're looking for. And uh, people say that we provide them with hope, inspiration, motivation, etc. Um, but anyway, yeah, a lot of people read read them every single night, or maybe read one every morning over their first cup of coffee but they do change your attitude. And it, it's also a nice window into meeting people you would never meet. You, you said you know, about your show that you meet people from all walks of life. And that's what happens in our books. I know for me, now I feel like I know people from all over the US and Canada and people from all different walks of life and people who live differently than I do, different religions, nationalities, ethnicities, et cetera. And it's really caused me to have a, great, a greater understanding of our common humanity and what unites us, not what divides us. Right. Oh, that's so good. So introduce our viewers to, for those of that don't know it, uh, to Crackle. Will you talk oh, about sure. that for a minute? Yeah. So, so everybody knows you can pay a monthly fee and you can, you know, get streaming services like Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple TV, Disney Plus, et cetera. But there are also free streaming channels where you can watch great films, great television shows. You'll see a few ads. Now, you know what's happening now in the streaming business is some of the ones that you pay for are, are putting ads in also. Right. Like we subscribe to a couple that have started putting ads in, even though we're paying a subscription fee. So ours is completely free. Crackle is completely free. And you will see amazing movies and and films and uh, films and television shows. We also have a Chicken Soup for the Soul streaming channel. We have another, and we have a channel called Popcorn Flicks. We have another one called Truly, which is more spiritual. So there's a lot that we have to offer. If you go to the chickensoup.com page and click on our entertainment business, you'll see all of the different streaming channels that we have, but it's a great way to fill in you might have a couple of those paid subscription services, but it sure is nice to have some free services also that you can watch. And you get a lot fewer ads than you would watch on regular network television. Yeah, that's so good. So Crackle, everybody, check it out. We're, we've, we're having, a, I know, other guests who, are, who are, have their work on Crackle. And so we're, I'm just excited to know about it. Check it out if you, if you can. Once again, uh, the book is Your 10 Keys to Happiness. I highly recommend it to you. 101 Real Life Stories that will show you how to improve your life. Amy Newmark and Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs>